at the stick. From who's got it better than us to brick by brick. It's always the 49ers way from off season to game day. Yeah, we talk back. It's the 49ers cut back. It's 49ers Cutback Podcast time. Welcome to the show tonight. Today, tonight, uh, we're talking about K1 Williams, the Shark, headed to Denver. So Denver locks up another 49ers defensive player. Of course, DJ Jones, now K1 Williams. Uh, the AFC arms race continues, and now it affects the 49ers again because the starting nickel corner since 2017 has been K1 Williams, and he's on his way to Denver. Two years, $7 million, Alex. Uh, Two years, $7 million, Ant? I'm seeing a lot of people frustrated. Seeing a lot of people uh, upset. Ant, really? they're, 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 yeah, I mean they're upset. They're, they're watching another guy go. I know, but wasn't this one a little bit more expected than yes. some of the rest? I think. Yes. Oh, this is what I mean. Yeah. I, I'm seeing people be upset, but I don't understand why. Um, the Niners have shown that they want to get younger. They've shown that they want to, you know, get some youth and, and kind of a, a, a fresh start in that secondary. They want guys who haven't been injured and you know haven't missed a lot of time. And this is why it's starting to tr- it's starting to trend too to towards. Maybe Jason Verrett not being an option for San Francisco. You want to get younger at this position. Jason Verrett doesn't necessarily get you younger. You want guys who have been healthy. Jason Verrett doesn't necessarily do that either. K1's missed some time with some injuries. Not a lot, but a little bit. And he's also, uh, he's up there. He's getting up there in age. Um, you know, in, in the playoffs, yeah, he had some some nice plays and nice situations. But, you know, he did give up the touchdown to Amari Cooper in the Cowboys game that people keep talking about. You know, he, he struggled against Cooper Cup, but who doesn't struggle against Cooper Cup? Or right? Amari I mean, Cooper, yeah. Exactly. This is, I mean, at the end of the day, I, I do love the fact that K1 is getting himself paid Ant, a nice two-year contract. He's going to a team that's a contender, so something that's obviously important for him is playing for a team that has a lot of talent and has the ability to, to win football games and make the playoffs. Um, is it unfortunate for San Francisco? Yes, but is this the worst thing that happens that has happened to this team in free agency or that has happened so far <laughs> in the free agency period? Uh, by no means. No, I think this is one of the least surprising things that have happened so far. The 49ers were going to have to make some some choices. They chose to go with Charvarius Ward on the outside. Once that happened, it meant somebody was going to be gone. I do not believe they plan on going with Yamada Lenore as a starting nickel corner, but they don't have a starting nickel corner right now. So... They're going to have to choose somebody. It could be Lenore. Uh, that would be a little bit surprising. They could go the draft route as well as they were able to get somebody at 61, and maybe they would. Or maybe there's still somebody available that they could go and get to put in that spot. You brought up Jason Verrett a minute ago. Jason Verrett is going to be 30 years old, or is 30 years old. And yeah, it's coming off injuries. But I believe that Jason Verrett, if they did sign him and bring him back, could actually fill that role um, to a higher level than K1 Williams. He's a better pure corner you know, than K1 Williams is. And he's definitely got the ability with the quick change of direction to play in the slot. Now, there would be a risk, of course, because his injury-filled uh, career has, you know, it's, it's often been derailed. I mean, this is one of those guys that could be easily an all-pro if he hadn't had all the injuries from year to year. Uh, the Chargers would have never let this guy go if it wasn't for injury. So this is one of those things where the 49ers are going to have a new-look secondary. Traverius Ward was the first piece. And now what is the piece going to be at, at nickel corner? We talked about this being a hole that they were going to have to fill is that going to be in free agency? Not so sure. It could be a, a plan of free agency and the draft. One name, though, to keep an eye on. I know he's older, but Chris Harris, a very, very good corner uh, that has played for the Broncos. He's played for the Chargers. He is available. Now, he's 32 years old, but at the height of his career, um, was one of the, was one of the best guys in the league. 
Hundred percent, Ant. Hundred percent was one of the best guys in the league, and it was actually the name I was going to bring up. If you're not going to go the Jason Verrett route, yeah, but maybe you still want a vet guy in that in that locker room, and especially in the slot, as you got the young guys sitting there developing behind in uh, both Ombre Thomas and in Diamond Lenore. Now, not to say that Ombre Thomas would be your solution on the interior there, but you cannot, you know, argue the fact that if Ombre Thomas were to continue to develop on the outside, Ant. There is a situation where the Niners may go, hey, maybe Ward and Thomas on the outside with Emmanuel Mosley on the inside is the answer as well. But Ombre would have to get himself there to that point before you you, you as the 49ers or as a fan base are thinking, that's what's going to happen. That's that's the likely scenario. Um, it's not. It truly isn't the likely scenario. Yeah. Ant, but Chris Harris Jr., definitely a name to keep an eye on. Uh, Jason Verrett, still a name to keep an eye on. Although at this point... It, it, it's starting to feel like we're not going to get any of those names back, that most of these guys are going to be walking, and the Niners are going a different direction in terms of how they address their secondary, how they just address their team overall in general. And I don't I don't have a problem with that, um, especially if you feel like you can develop these guys, you get the right young pieces in, you have enough upside, you put them in the right scheme, put them in the right positions. Um, they're all highly intelligent guys that they're bringing in around this football team. You feel like, hey, this this can turn into something special. We feel like we can build a roster with young talent uh, rather than necessarily having to go out and doing what some of these other teams are doing, mercenaries. And who knows? Maybe this is maybe you do that this year. You get close yet again, and finally you're just like, you know what? F it. Let's just let's just do a little bit of both, right? Let's go get the high price names. I wish they would just do that now, but the reality is that the Niners are doing this. They're, this is the route they're going with: cheap names, you know, not spending a whole bunch of money in free agency, going after the right guys in the draft. Building a roster, coaching those guys up, and and you know using the the capital that you have to build out a roster, not just right now but also for the future. So that way, when you do have, end up having to pay guys that you want to be cornerstones of your franchise, you have young guys at certain places where you can let certain guys go and have faith that these guys are coming up behind, ready ready to take over the, their new role and and fill the shoes of the guys in front of them. I think that first off, I mean, K1 Williams getting two years at seven million was probably going to price him out. Uh, we knew when they went to our various wars that that was probably going to mean the end of K1 Williams or Jason Verrett or both. Uh, I think that that's why this wasn't too surprising. Once they went with a more high-priced corner out on the outside, which I think every single 49er fan wanted them to do, to go out and get that guy that can lock down one side of the field, and you could feel more comfortable if it's him and Emmanuel Mosley. But there does leave a big-time hole to be filled at that, corner, that nickel corner spot. You don't want Jimmy Ward consistently playing that position. You need some flexibility there. So right now, I don't believe they have that guy on the roster because I don't think Demo's ready to go. I don't think Ombre can play inside. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe maybe one of those things are going to happen. But I think that, that they do need to insulate themselves. If they go into the draft and they're able to pick up you know, a, a corner that can step right in day one and play the nickel corner role, that would be nice. Uh, but I don't know if there's a guy that they're going to be able to get at pick 61 that you could slide in right away and say, okay, day one, you're our guy. You're going to be able to run with... You know, the big bad wolves that are here as slot receivers in the NFC West. I think that's a lot to ask of a rookie. So I would expect them to make some sort of move. If it's Jason Verrett, that makes sense. Um, If it's Chris Harris, that makes sense. Or maybe there's just somebody else that's available that we haven't quite thought about yet. There are still a lot of corners available. The crazy thing about the corner market, it seems like most of them are old. You're not finding players that are under the age of 27, which seems to be the route the 49ers are going. They Most of them seem to be 30 plus. So... Where they go with this is going to be interesting, but this isn't off-brand from what the 49ers do. The 49ers often let players leave. They recruit the draft picks from that, and then they you know, move accordingly through the draft and development process. So K1 Williams being gone, I mean, it, it stinks because I think he's been a good player for us, 
But in the long run, this might have been the perfect time to move on as he's aging. It seems like his skills are diminishing a little bit, um, mainly being able to cover around the box. He's still great. Uh, but I think that, you know, for $7 million, they just weren't willing to basically pay for that. No, they, they really weren't. Don, uh, Ronnie Montoya just said Dante Johnson. It is possible. DJ has, has been around the 49ers organization, but I don't know if this is your, I don't know if that's your 1A option. I don't think that's the guy you're signing as like the, yeah. this is our starting nickel guy. I think this is a guy you're signing if you, you feel Demo is maybe not 100% ready coming into OTAs training camp. You put him on the 90 man, you let him compete, see where he ends up. But if that is your plan A, at the nickel spot, I don't know how I feel about that. I don't think he'd be plan A. I think he, you still want him to be your sixth cornerback. I think Diomedo Lenore will be able to compete for the position no matter who is going to be, you know, manning that position initially. If they go with another young player, I mean, Diomedo Lenore's got to be considered to be in the mix. But Dante Johnson, you know, consistently beat out Diomedo Lenore. That's part of the reason I don't believe he'll be ready this year because Dante Johnson was a go-to guy. Um, and the fact that they would turn to Dante Johnson, who's well-traveled, you know, who's been with the 49ers playing outside, inside, played safety. I think that, you know, this just means D Demo wasn't ready last year. Will he be ready this year? Maybe. Uh, you know, these guys can make huge jumps during the during the offseason. I would just think the 49ers would insulate themselves because they can't, you know, have a hole at nickel corner. We saw what happened when they had a hole at corner in general last year. Uh, it really hurt them and put them in bad positions in football games. And the way so many teams are running three wide receiver sets, you can't have that weakness on your team. No. Plus, if you do put Jimmy Ward in that situation, it limits you what you can do with him on the back end. So I think that this is something they're going to address, um, but I never thought it was going to be a high-priced individual per se. So I'm just curious what they do now. Uh, agreed. And a lot of people are saying, hey, look, Williams lost a step. This was expected from Ben V. Yeah. Williams got cooked by Cup in the playoffs. He definitely lost a step. Power fitness. If 49ers cut back, should we just cut Jimmy at this point? No, because this is not one yeah. of those this is not one of those moves that makes you go, oh God, good gracious right. almighty. Um, we, we got to have the salary cap space. We, we really, we really need to, we need to do this. You, you would extend Robbie gold before you cut Jimmy Garoppolo to, to free up some money in order to go bring back a K one. Yeah. I think that's the, that's the route they're going to go. If they plan on making, you know, any more moves, they'll just restructure and extend other players. Um, because you know, the Jimmy Garoppolo getting cut, you lose $8 million off the salary cap. You don't want to lose $8 million off the salary cap this year. That's dead money. You wouldn't get back until next year. You don't want to do that. So you don't. Um, so the next plausible thing, right, if you're going to cut Jimmy Garoppolo is, in fact, wait until Jimmy Garoppolo is cleared to return, at which point you could cut him because his, his salary doesn't become guaranteed until week one of the season. So you can still cut him before week one of the season and save yourself $22 million if you decide to cut him. It doesn't appear that's what they're going to do right now. They're going to roll with him and then let this whole thing play out. But Trey Lance... I know here we are. We're talking. We're supposed to be talking K1 Williams, and we're getting into the quarterbacks again. Let's just go through this real quick and then get back to the corners. But Trey Lance is going to do everything during the offseason, all the OTAs, all the mini camps, everything, because Jimmy won't be ready, so it won't take any reps away from him then. So in that regard, the 49ers still have plenty of time to make a decision, right? Tons. Yeah. T tons of time. You don't have to really rush on this, and I think that's what the Niners are kind of looking at and feeling right now, right? Is we got this scenario in the situation where Jimmy is coming off of the the surgery; he's not going to be able to throw until getting closer to what July is, is what I'm, I'm hearing, right? June, July, late June, early July, somewhere in there. So yeah, you're not going to take any big, big reps away from, from Trey. And even when Jimmy gets cleared to start throwing and all of that, it's not going to be the same as him going out there and taking reps with the team. So there's still going to be a few weeks on top of that before you see, even see any right. of that. Um, and then by that point, who knows, and something else could occur and something else could pop up that changes all of that. 
Um, I did see this. How about Mosley at nickel from Quest for Six? 100% is possible, but you need to bring somebody else in. And this is what we're talking about. Is it, is it a draft guy? Right. Is it a free agency guy? I know Stephon Gilmore is still available. Joe Hayden still available. Kyle, Kyle Fuller still available. Chris Harris we talked about still available. And um, Jason Verrett, obviously. Kevin King. I know that there's hit and miss and ups and downs play with him. Signed, but I haven't seen. I haven't seen it on Spot Track okay. yet. I know something got announced, but it doesn't seem like it's official. Okay, but he kind of fits that that mold of younger corner ant who has played some nickel and some and some inside he stuff. Has played that, yeah, and played some outside. I know it's not necessarily a big flashy, big, big flashy signing or move, but the Niners have shown they can get by with, yeah, with with guys who aren't necessarily. You know, world beaters. I don't think I'm worried about big flashy. I'm just worried about fit. You know, let's find someone that fits what the 49ers do. If if Ombre Thomas is going to be the guy on the outside, if they believe he can ascend to that, and then he Mosley moves inside, that would fit, you know, the what they need to do for the starters, for instance. Correct. They would have depth issues at that point. They would have to address big time in the draft, which means they'd probably pick two more guys on the, you know, in the draft point, yeah. that they would want to get corners, possibly a nickel guy, and then somebody that can play on the outside. I just wondered if they were willing to do that because Mosley played so good last year that I don't believe that Ombre Thomas could outplay what Mosley is, you know, coming into himself to be. I think Ombre Thomas could be a very good corner for the Niners on the outside eventually. I just didn't know that he would be able to supplant Emmanuel Mosley and have Mosley move into the nickel. To me, that would be surprising if if he was a better option than Mosley on the outside. And I don't think you put a player that's on the outside on the inside if he's the best option on the outside. You always want your two outside guys you know, to, to be the, the ones that are the best. Um, so, I mean, they would have to get somebody that's better than Emmanuel Mosley, in my opinion. I don't know if that's Ombre Thomas now. I think it could be Ombre, Tom Ombre Thomas in the future, but I, I'm just not sure. Uh, so It doesn't feel like it's Ombre Thomas right now. It, it doesn't feel like it is. And and I think that, you know, we're going to we're gonna see them make a move at some point. You know, I mean, there's a lot of players still available. I mean, you went through the list. I don't know how many of those guys are able to play, you know, nickel. Uh, most of those guys are outside guys. Most of them. But yeah. that's what I mean. It's like, right, if 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 you're the Niners and you're sitting there going and looking at the market and the big the the top guys still in the market and available, those are all outside guys. If you got if you feel that maybe there's an upgrade, maybe not necessarily an upgrade over Emmanuel Mosley, but an upgrade over potentially Ombre Thomas short term with one of those guys while Ombre continues to develop and maybe he can get ready closer to the end of the season where you feel really good with him and a Mos and Mosley can slide into the nickel. It's also a po it's a possibility. It's something the Niners are definitely going to, well, you would think they're going to consider, but who knows at this point? Maybe they just like the room as it currently is constituted, and they're just going to go draft a guy or sign, a, you know, someone we've never even thought about or even discussed. Right. I mean, that that is completely possible. Uh, you know, I mean, I really didn't know a lot about K1 Williams when they brought him in. So uh, they could bring somebody in, and then they could develop into a, the player that you need, especially if they're a scheme fit and what you want to do. Somebody that can bring pressure off the edge. You know, maybe they are going to get somebody in the draft. You just... Don't really expect a a player in the second round to pick 61 to step in day one and be able to cover Tyler Lockett and Cooper Cup in the slot. And that puts a lot of pressure on that young player. You know, we've seen Lenore was more of a fifth round pick, but Ombre was a third round pick. So 61 to 102 is not that big of a difference. I know it's a little over 40 picks, but it's still one of those things where it's a, it's a little bit of a risk being able to put, you know, a young player in that position. I think if Diamondo Lenore was ready, um, he would be the one I'd feel the most confident, you know, of the guys currently, because I don't think Ombre Thomas can play in the slot. I don't believe Ombre Thomas can play in the slot either, Ant. I'm not at uh, I'm not that at that point there. I saw Mr. Corey saying Trevor Penning, Jalen Petrie, only people I want in this draft. Um, I feel you on on a couple of those names, and I feel you on on wanting to get certain guys. The question will just be at 61, 
are are those guys going to be available for you to go get and yeah. for, you to, for you to grab? Both those guys are going in, you know, earlier sections of the of the draft. As is guys like Christian Watson that are that 49ers fans are absolutely loving right now. Um, it's going to be hard to grab some of these bigger names that are near the top of of the board in terms of production or producing at their position. And it's going to be really hard to get those guys sitting at 61. It's not going to be easy. Yeah, there's somebody will fall, but it, it may not be the position you're looking for. Correct. Uh, corner, for instance, I mean, the corners are going to go off the board. There's a lot of edge rushers, so there could be somebody that falls there. Correct. But once again, that's what we're talking about from the 49ers. Fans, once again, want the Niners to go corner. This was the same thing last year with Asante Samuel on the board. The 49ers did not go corner. This is not something they have done high in the draft. They have consistently went other ways. And offensive line can, seems to be a need. I say seems because every time you think it's a need, they go a different direction. Uh, a defensive edge rusher, of course, they always want to add depth there. But I think if you're looking at the defense as it's currently constituted right now, there could be a hole at safety as far as a starting safety, uh, unless you think Tarverius Moore is that guy coming off an Achilles. You have possibly a weakness in the rotation on the defensive line with Arden Key you know, taking his talents around and, and making the tour right now. Uh, they haven't re-signed Jordan Willis, nope. so they will have to make some sort of a move there. But I think there are, are spots they can address at 61, so I wonder how high corner will be on that list. It, it, it could be something they want. The one thing I know is you don't want to go into the draft with actual needs that you need to fill in the draft. No. You want to have players that are available to play, and then you want to draft guys that can you know be behind them and develop. Now, if they push them and then end up taking their spot, you feel really good about that. But 100%. don't go in there drafting for a need. Every time you draft for need, it puts you in a a little bit of a predicament. So well, I'm a, hoping they don't do that. It's a huge gamble. Because yeah. if, if you hit on the guy, then great. And if you miss on the guy, then your your team is in trouble. You have a glaring hole that is not going to be fixed this year, maybe even in the future. And the only solution is to trade. And teams know you're desperate, which means you're going to have to maybe overpay or give something up that you don't want to have to or get weaker somewhere else in order to bring that guy in to sure something up. I saw Crypto King just said 49ers are not even trying to keep core players because of Jimmy's contract. Um, I, I really hate to break this to you, Crypto King, but the Niners were not giving K1 Williams a two-year, $7 million contract. Uh, they weren't willing to give him two-year, $7 million last year. They brought him back because he went and tested the field, and the only thing he got was a similar contract to what he got in San Francisco from Kansas City. So he chose to go with the team that he's more familiar with and make a run that way. So there wasn't, there hasn't been a huge market for K1 Williams, and in fact, this is not like a big money deal, but I think the 49ers were ready to move on from K1 Williams. It seems like every single year he misses a few games, so I think that they probably did set a very low value for him. And if he decided to come back, great. If he didn't, they were going to move forward. So I don't think he's one of the core players that we should be surprised we lost. The core players that it stinks to lose, but they were just overpriced were DJ Jones and Lakin Tomlinson. Those were guys who left. The 49ers would have loved to bring back. You just can't bring them back at you know double digit of, you know per year salaries. Just way too much. So I think we would have lost those players, whether Jimmy Garoppolo's you know contract is on the books or not. Those guys would have been gone. So I don't think that is something that has really affected it. I think maybe their aggressiveness of building around Trey Lance uh, could somewhat be hindered could, a little bit. It could be hindered. But so far, I mean, they haven't went and restructured or extended anyone. The fact that they haven't done that, besides to get under the initial cap, besides they haven't done that, means that there is no one that they feel they have to do that with. Because if they felt that there was a, it was a necessary player to add to their football team, they would go to Jimmy Ward about extending, or they would, you know, go to one of these other players about restructuring their contract and free up enough space to go get them. But so far, they haven't done that. They could be waiting for that price to come down on that particular player. Um, so I'm not saying that's not going to happen. But it seems like wave two, wave three guys, or where they always uh, 
end up hitting anyways to fill out the depth on the roster. Uh, it's true. I, um, look, it's it's frustrating. It's disappointing. But at the end of the day, I I don't I did not expect the the San Francisco 49ers to. I didn't expect them to do what they've done right now, which is not to extend these guys if you weren't going to be able to move off Jimmy. I, I figured if you were going to be moving off of Jimmy Garoppolo um, or, or or not moving off of Jimmy Garoppolo, the Niners would start extending some of these players and some of these guys right. in order to free up the space so you could be aggressive and build a team or a, a team around a young yep. quarterback and not have to put so much on their shoulders. And, you know, as much as people are saying, you know, maybe them not trading Jimmy says something about Trey maybe them not going crazy in free agency and bringing in a bunch of big name known talent and spending all of the moolah and the cash and going all in also says something about Trey. If you want to take the Jimmy not getting traded saying something about Trey, take them not going all in and still believing that Trey Lance is going to be the quarterback. Maybe they think this kid is just that good that, yeah, you know what? He can be. make up for some of these holes and some of these flaws. We don't have to be perfect. This kid can fix those things. It could be an either or situation on this. I think it's just it's way too early to be thinking one way or the other about this, panicking about not being able to trade Jimmy, panicking about whether or not Trey's not ready, being stupidly frustrated. There are still a lot of ways the Niners can fill holes, bring in guys that are scheme fits, uh, save and free up money, money in order to pay these guys. I think they're just waiting for right it, get to, it to get to a point where the numbers are closer to where they want to pay for these guys, and they know, all right, we're in that range now where we can strike, and hey, if we go over, you know, 750K, if we go over a million here on this guy, that's okay. It's in that it's in that plus minus. It's in that comfort zone where we want to be with this guy. Let's start freeing up this money. Let's start bringing these guys in. Yeah, I mean, let's let's take Jimmy Garoppolo's money out of the equation. Let, let's say that we're not worried about Jimmy. Let's say Jimmy was gone or, or whatever, that, that money. If the 49ers made the moves that they've made right now, would anyone be surprised? I think the reason that it... it appears worse than it is is because jimmy's money is sitting there that you presumably could have used but if the 49ers didn't use it i don't think it would surprise anyone with the moves that they've made these are 49ers strategic moves that they always make the problem is and i'm one included i see that 25 million dollars as potential you know to be able to add other players whether they were going to do that or not is another story um so i think what it would have changed this is the only thing i do know for sure the jimmy garoppolo being gone before march 16th they would not have restructured Armstead and George Kittle. Besides that, I don't know if they would have made any other moves than they've already made. I'm not convinced. I'm not convinced of it. Uh, I'm I'm really truly not. Um, you know, Quest for Six said, "What's the market for Tart?" We don't really know. Um, he yeah. hasn't really taken any visits yet. I know Arden Key is in visit number two currently today. Uh, I think it's with Jacksonville. Jacksonville. So I mean, he's he's gone to two teams that are bottom of the barrel in terms of teams that can win but can pay cash. Yeah. Uh, I think he's trying to get an idea of. You know, what What are these teams willing to pay me? Um, because if he, the Niners have probably already told him a number, they've already told him, this is what we can do for you. Um, you know, we we know you're probably going to want more than that. Why don't you go out there and find, well, find out what you can get and then figure it out. You know, what is it that you want to do? Do you want to go to one of those teams where maybe you don't compete and you're in not necessarily the greatest situation, but you're going to pay a lot of money? Right. Or do you want to try and come back here and, and run it back with this group and see what happens next year when the free agency market kicks up? Um, I think he'll probably take one or two more visits before he makes a decision, I would imagine, unless one of these teams comes out of the water and it just blows him out of the water with money, and he's like, I can't walk away from this right now. Yeah, that's possible. You know, and the market for Tart, there's just still so many safeties out there. I mean, just a, a quick little search. Tyron Matthews still out there. Landon Collins, Kareem Jackson, Rodney McLeod. And Landon Collins is 20. Is he 26 or is he 28? He's 28. Okay, so he's still pre-30. Uh, yeah, Keanu Neal still out there. 
Terrell Edmonds, Jabril Peppers is only 26 years old. He's still available. Um, Tashawn Gibson, still available. I just think that there's so many uh, players that are available right now that Jaquiski Tart, you know, right now doesn't probably have a huge market. So this is one of those things where uh, I think Tart is out there looking for that money. The 49ers, I think, have given him a number, and they're just waiting. It's the same thing with Arden Key. They've given him a number, and they're sitting back waiting to see if he's going to come back. And if not, if he doesn't come back at their number, they will move on. They have Tarverius Moore. They have Telenoa Fonga. They have moved in that direction. We've, you know, we've seen it in the chat already. People are talking about Jalen Petrie. You know, they've talked about a lot of guys in this draft that are going to be available at the safety position. It's actually a pretty good safety draft. I, that's the position I've been breaking down recently, and I've liked a lot of the players I've watched so far. So I think that the 49ers, if they were ever going to go and draft somebody that could be a backup, this is it. The, the, the whole thing that goes into it with the safety position is Tarverius Moore or Hufanga have to be capable of being the starter. I worry about Tarverius Moore from the mere fact, if, if he was never injured last year, I would not have any problems with Tarverius Moore being the starting safety. No. Where my concerns would be is Talano Hufanga and coverage, uh, not him around the box, those sort of things. So I think that right now the safety position is not figured out all the way. Um, but I do like that they have, you know, four guys right now that are, are pretty good football players, and three of those players are really good special teamers. Okay, question for you. Yeah. Would you say that would you say that right now the safety room feels a lot like the cornerback room last season? It's very similar, right? You right. feel really good about one guy and there's question marks everywhere else, and it's like, how are you gonna fill this void? What exactly are you gonna do? I think it's similar to the safety position last year. Okay, fair. Whereas Jimmy fair. Ward and then Tarverius Moore's injured, and they're good. Twisky Tart may not be I mean, healthy. Before that, they didn't have anyone. They signed Tavon Wilson, and you know what I mean? The, these moves that they were making, it didn't seem like there was a lot. I mean, we talked about the safety net. We had a video last year. We talked about safeties and corners. But you're right. I think there was more corners or more questions about the corner position last year. This year, there's less because they've brought in Tarverius Ward. I know we had Jason Brett last year that everyone was feeling comfortable with. But we, there were questions about Emmanuel Mosley. Was Mosley going to be coming back? Can he handle being the number two guy opposite? Right? right. Are we good with that? You know, if is can Verrett stay healthy? There were still there were still questions there. I don't think anyone has questions about Jimmy Ward. I hope they don't have questions about Jimmy Ward. Not now. Not that he stays healthy. Jimmy correct. Ward is is one of those guys that's really fringe Pro Bowler. I mean, I think he could have made a Pro Bowl by now. But I think he has that capability. But it's the running mate. That's the big question. And I don't think it's a depth thing because with Hufanga and Tarverius Moore, you I like feel comfortable about the depth. I like certain things that Hufanga does. I understand yeah. that there's certain things that he has to improve. And Tarverius Moore is coming off of an injury. But before said injury, Ant, um, you and I argued last year, right? We are on this podcast talking about how Tarverius Moore is the guy that people need to watch out for in the secondary because he, he could be a guy that, that could push for the starting job and, you know, make some of these other guys expendable and, and do other things. And, you know, maybe the Niners only keep four safeties. Because of what Tarverius Warren Marcel Harris can do, you have these these guys that can kind of interchange and do different things. And then he gets hurt, and it's like, okay, well, well, shoot, now we're back to now we're back to square one here. We're signing names, we're bringing guys in. It definitely changed the the dynamic and how it yeah. played out. Um, and and you're kind of in that boat now. I mean, you're really in that boat now because Tarverius Moore coming off the injury, not the same as Tarverius Moore, um, you know, pre-injury ant. Uh, and I seen Crypto came talking talking as well about offensive line. If you don't have an offensive line, your passing and run game is going to struggle. Yeah. Um, look, I, I think the, the hardest thing right now for a lot of people is trying to wrap the, their heads around this idea that Banks, Brunskill, and Moore, McKivitz, Skew, all of these guys could somehow and be ready to go. Um, 
the Niners currently have nine guys. They have nine offensive linemen currently under contract with, with Skule coming back into the fold and Alfredo Gutierrez being one of those guys as well. <laughs> now, Alfredo Gutierrez, the pasta man, is definitely not a guy that I would imagine the Niners are going to be counting on this upcoming season. No. But you do have Brunskill, who's played very serviceable in his role. You drafted you know, Aaron Banks in the second round. Jalen Moore filled in amicably early in the season for Trent Williams. Is it crazy to think that those two guys that I just named, the last two, Banks and, and Moore, McKivitz and Skule coming off the injury, that maybe one of them can't ascend to be the other starter? I I don't think I don't think McKivitz or Skule are going to start. On I agree team. with you on that. Um, I think your the best options for them would be Daniel Brunskill, of course, returning on his tender. I think he would be the the best option to start at right guard consistently of how they have their um their team built. I think that. Right now, it appears Aaron Banks is going to be one of the starting guards. It looks and, that way. And I think that Jalen Moore is going to be in competition for that as well. We do have questions about Mike McGlinchey coming back from the injury. I know John Lynch has said it was looking good, but it was a very serious injury that required a very serious surgery. Yep. So anytime that happens, you don't know how these guys are going to bounce back. But I think the 49ers feel comfortable with an offensive line that is very similar to last year. And that might scare a lot of people because the offensive line had some big question marks. The difference being between you know last year and this year could be Trey Lance. If Trey Lance is the starting quarterback, which I think everyone starts to believe it will, even though you got Jimmy in the back of your mind now because of what's going on, um, he's going to change the offense and the fact that he's going to take shots down the field. You're not going to be able to bring that safety into the box. If you're not bringing the safety in the box. The run game's going to go getting get going a little bit better, which means you can run more play action. You can move the pocket and use Trey's skills outside the pocket a little bit to, when he extends plays and then gets the ball down the field. Those things will help the offensive line tremendously. Um, they also, you know, hopefully will not have to hold their blocks very long. That's one thing Trey's got to work on, knowing, you know, who to get the ball to and getting it out quickly. So I think that they're okay with the offensive line being similar to what it was. Now, they did put a large investment into Jalen Moore and Aaron Banks. And even Colton McKivitz with a fifth-round pick is not a huge investment, but they have invested draft capital into it. I think that they're hoping these guys can develop under Chris Forster. And if they can then the, it's a dynamite move, right? You don't spend the big money on Lakin Tomlinson, but you're able to fill it with a second-round pick in Aaron Banks or a fifth-round pick in Jalen Moore. Um, that can help this offensive line move forward. And I believe that was always the plan. I think they actually thought they were going to move on from both guards, and they were going to go Lakin Tomlinson was going to be gone, they were going to go Aaron Banks, and then Daniel Brunskill was going to be gone, and they were going to go Jalen Moore. Um, but that didn't, that didn't seem to be coming to fruition because Banks was a little bit slow in his development, and Jalen Moore didn't develop in the run game. Uh, fast enough. However, I did think Jalen Moore was always this year. So let's see if he hits his stride and is able to work his way into that starting lineup. Uh, that's going to be the, the interesting thing. Can he do that? And can he come around? Can he continue that growth and that development that we've seen from him and, and, you know, make that turn and, and make it, make it a positive situation for San Francisco. Um, if these guys continue to develop, then you know what? You may not have issues at the, at the, at the O-line spot. Um, maybe O-line is not necessarily as weak as everyone thinks. But they have to prove that, right? That's right now. There's no way to know that with certainty. And Crypto King, that's why I, under, I think we both understand exactly what you're feeling. And I think a lot of 49ers fans feel the same exact way you do. He also said, I see a bad season coming. If we don't start getting a move on it, we have no draft picks. We have no draft picks and we are losing players by the minute. Uh, my guy, we got nine. We got nine draft picks. Yeah, we have nine draft picks. We got I, lots of draft picks. Yeah, and the, the key is having picks in the top 150. Um, I believe the 49ers have four picks in the top 150 right now. They do. And, so, and Ant, I pulled off a crazy trade in, in, a, in, a, mock in a mock draft today in which I was able to deal pick 61 for four picks in the top 150. Wow. And only had to move back seven spots in order to accomplish it. 
So well, somebody really, really wanted to come up to 61. Yeah, it Crazy. happens. Those mock drafts are insane. I've seen mock drafts all over the place. I've only done a couple so far, mainly just to gauge where players are going to be going. Or that was where... the whole purpose of that yeah. one today, was trying to get an idea of who's going where. So I tried it back, and it said four, and I was like, oh. Yeah, we have four picks. Okay, sounds great. Yeah, I think that you know the one thing is when you the Niners really don't want to pick nine times. For instance, you know I think they would love to walk away with five to seven players that are very good caliber football players good in this draft. Hear. They don't want to have too many drafts that go beyond the fifth round, uh, sixth round. They're willing to do, but you know you've seen it last year. No seventh round picks. We kind of you know knew that was going to come because they don't have that many holes. They have a lot of good football players on their team. They want to fill them with caliber players that can make their roster. You have in a you know, too many picks. Um, those guys aren't going to make your team, and those guys are going to end up populating other rosters when they get cut. So there's no reason to waste that draft capital on them. Go ahead and use a couple of picks, like in the sixth round or in the seventh round, to move up and strategically get guys that you really want to target. So I think the draft is going to get fun. In fact, I'm really excited to get into draft content as we kind of you know wind down from free agency here over the next like week or so. Um, but I think the Niners do have enough weapons and uh, enough uh, capital to make some moves in this draft and get players that could really help their football team, not only this year, because there will be some that can help this year, um, but in the future. And the future is bright with, you know, four years of a rookie pay scale and Trey Lance at quarterback. You're not wrong there, man. It is a whole heck of a lot better when you have that rookie pay scale going on. And I, I saw Ronnie asked, is Justin Skill still on the roster? Uh, he is. Skill is on the roster and... Uh... If I'm not mistaken, he's not gonna have a cap hit this year, is it? Yeah, he correct? does. Yeah, he yeah. does have a cap. That's right, because he's still under contract. He still had yeah. time on his contract. Tarverius Moore is the gentleman who he still hits the contract or hits the cap as well. Is it hit the cap? I thought, yeah. I thought it didn't count against the cap. No, it it counts. It's just he wasn't awarded his year. Ah, okay. Wasn't, so it wasn't his, a... his contract doesn't go. It didn't come off the books, yeah. even though it was supposed to. Yeah. So he's still gonna earn his nine hundred and sixty thousand dollars or whatever it was. Um. Yeah. And then I seen you know Robert Hamill said, did the comp picks go up? The comp picks are, I believe, official now where the 49ers got a third-round comp pick in 105. They actually have 102 as well, but 102 is being shipped to Miami as part of the Trey Lance deal. And then they got two picks at the end of the sixth round, 220 and 221. Yep. And then they've got 262, which is Mr. Irrelevant, the last pick of the seventh round. Those are their comp picks. I would be surprised if they pick at 262, um, but if they're not able to deal that, then then possibly they will have the last pick of the entire draft. So they will have the last pick of the third round, the last pick of the sixth round, and the last pick of the seventh round as it would go right now. Well, look at that, Ant. Look at that indeed. And Richard Dalgo, hi, is Jimmy gone yet? No. No. Um, I Don't think... be the kid on vacation driving to the destination. We're not We're not there yet. I, I, think, I think settle in. I, I don't think Jimmy's getting moved anytime soon. I don't think this is coming, you know, this is coming to resolution. No. Just I, I think we all just, just start focusing on the draft. Uh, and and just that that should be the the 49ers fan base focus at this point because I think Jimmy's just always going to be there in the back of everyone's mind. And I do like what Ben V said. Let's trade all of them for fifth round picks. Hey, the Niners hit <laughs> home runs, man. They find yeah. diamonds, they find gems in the fifth round. So Ben V, I don't they have it. found a gem in the second round with Debo Samuel. It's true. Uh, in the third round with Fred Warner, and it's true. You know, so they, they do find Elijah Mitchell in the sixth round. They do hit in other rounds, but the fifth has been very, very kind to them. Fifth is really good. Yeah, I mean, anytime you got Kittle and Greenlaw, just as even two of those names sitting in the there. fifth round, sitting you're sitting there. good about it. Yeah, I mean, it's, they do really well in the fifth round, man. They they they've killed it. In Did the they do round. great in the fifth round with Colton McKivitz? We'll see this year, Ant, because yeah. it wasn't last year. We didn't we didn't see it last I, year. I think he developed some. I mean, the fact he was able to come in in the Los Angeles Rams game in Week 18 and be able to start. At left uh, tackle? And, I mean, he Ugh. gave up two sacks, not ideal, 
Um, but in those circumstances against Von Miller, Aaron Donald, you know, in that group that they and had they, there, he yeah. got he got the best look every single snap. Yeah, and I mean that's a good thing. I I just don't know if he is a if they're gonna leave him at tackle if they're gonna move him inside because it seemed like last year they really wanted to play him at guard and because uh, tackle he was getting smoked at practice and they really wanted to play him at guard but then again he ended up developing back out at tackle. That's very true. Ben V, has there ever been a relevant Mr. Irrelevant? That's a solid question. Yeah, that I honestly don't know. I don't actually know that either. Yeah. Huh. I can't remember a, a, Mr. a Mr. Irrelevant that's done anything. Um, most players, in fact, when it gets to that part of the seventh round, would much rather not be drafted, but be an undrafted free agent. So not only can they pick their team, they can also get signed to a better uh, bonus, you know, a signing bonus. That so is true. a lot of players would prefer not to be you know, Mr. Irrelevant or one of those players taken at the end of the seventh round. So they have a little bit more of a, a choice of where they land. Very true. I'm going to try and, uh, I'm going to try and find that out because that DJ is... Jones was a six round pick. Ac accurate. Yeah. Accurate. Uh, so who is the best Mr. Irrelevant ever? Some people argue that it is Ryan Suckup, Ant, a kicker. Okay. Well, that's not bad, but it's not bad at all. Um, not exactly a high bar to set there. No, it's the opposite yeah. of the high bar. Ant. Yeah. Okay. It's the, it's the opposite of the high bar. Um, as of right now, that is the, the name that keeps popping up in a lot of other places that I'm looking at. Um, that's, that's a bit the only name that I'm seeing that people are willing to go out on that ledge for. Yeah, you know, and, and Mr. Corey <laughs> is kind of saying some of the things that others have been saying about um, Tavares Moore, like, what has he done? You know what? The, the, the key is he's he hasn't really played up to the potential that I believe everyone thought he had as a third-round pick. Nope. Um, but he... He, there were flashes in 2020. He played good in the box in 2020. The problem was, it, in coverage, he did not have a better coverage grade than Jaquiski Tart, no. which was surprising considering the 49ers you know, used him in a nickel uh, corner role at times. So I think there are questions there, and then that's one of the reasons that we're not sure if he would be the starting safety. I, I think the 49ers are the only ones that know if they're willing to make that move. I would think personally that he would be in some sort of a competition. Um, and I think they would love to have Tart come back. And if Tart came back, then it, it would be Ward, Tart, Tarverius Moore, Hufanga, and then Odom as your five safeties. And I think they would carry five safeties if that was the group. Uh, I would agree with and you And if there. that happens, they're also not drafting anyone. So we can take safety off the books as possible draft for the 49ers if they were to bring back to Quisky Tart. Uh, agreed with you there. Yeah, I agree with you there. Um, and I see he literally can't cover or tackle. I don't know about the tackle part. I mean, he's uh, in 2020, he had a couple nice hits and a couple big smacks in, in the end zone and breaking up some passes. He, he 2020 was a, a little bit better year. There were glimpses and flashes when Tart was out. And I know people can be like, well, the Niners sucked in 2020. What do you mean? It's, there was a lot of pieces missing everywhere in 2020. They're not wrong. I mean, I mean they, they weren't very good, but yeah. I wouldn't say that it was because of Tarverius Moore out on the football field. Um, what I think, what I think, what I think right now with Tarverius Moore, it's really hard to understand where he's at because 2020 was an odd year in terms of no training camp, no development, not getting to see him coming in, no real preseason games, so no opportunities. He kind of gets thrust out there, does pretty serviceable, and you're hoping, hey, we're gonna get a 2021 training camp. Maybe this guy's come a long way. There were some flashes and some moments. Um, maybe this is a positive thing for San Francisco, and then the injury happens. So now it's it's just a to guess. It's a shot in the dark if you're a fan. Um, the team obviously knows how they feel one way or the other, and they have an understanding of at least where his progression has been with his rehab and, you know, where he's at with coming along and become, turning back into form or getting back into form, I guess is the right way to say it. Um, but there's there's no way to know for sure. There's no way to know with certainty. Um, with Tarverius Moore, it's 
It's just hoping that he's developed and hoping that it continues and hoping that D'Amico Ryan's and, and the scheme can be potentially a better fit for him. But even then, I'm not convinced. I'm not convinced about it. I, I think we have to keep keep it real clear. Jaquiski Tart's a better player as of right now than Tarverius Moore. Hundred um, percent. Tarverius Moore has not proven to be better than Jaquiski Tart. Tart in run fits in the box is fantastic. His hustle and the way he played last year uh, were were very welcome to this to this team and to this locker room. I think he's a a well respected player, and I think maybe 49ers front office and 49ers fans, including myself value him a little bit more than maybe the rest of the league. I would love to get him back because of the things that he does. I do believe, though, Charvarius Moore will be better than he has been before. I think he was planning in 2021, I think the Niners were as well, of him ascending or at least proving what his talent could be. I think it was going to be a real competition between him and Jaquiski Tart. But now, I'm not sure. He's coming off an Achilles, so I don't know how his body's going to respond, and I don't know if he's going to be able to elevate his game necessary. The, on- the only good news is he's 25 years old. He's 25 years old. This isn't an old man. No. You know, he's still young. He still has potential. The problem is is it's an Achilles, right? That's the issue. The issue is Achilles injuries. The first year back from an Achilles, Ant, you are never 100%. It's just not, not how it works. It takes a little bit extra time for you to get that step back and for you to kind of return to the version of yourself in terms of speed and, and step and being able to physically put yourself in the spots you need to put yourself um it takes you that extra bit of time yeah todd withrow says we want honey badger probably waiting for his price to drop or joe hayden or stefan gilmore if we don't get get him ride uh ride of jimmy g watch him be the starter this year guys but i hope it's time for trey um <laughs> the first part of it the honey badger is someone interesting that i'm surprised hasn't signed anywhere i really did think honey badger was going to be one of the top priorities for one of these teams I thought awesome that too. somebody in the AFC West was like the Raiders were going to look at him and make a move. I thought Stephon Gilmore was going to get signed in the first 24 hours. Easily. Of the legal tampering period. But both of them are still sitting there. It's, it's very interesting, and I'm curious where they land. We did see that, you know, an edge rusher, uh, Zadarius Smith, came off the board today. Minnesota. Yeah, and what did he do? He got more money than what he thought. Now, we saw him make the post meet at the quarterback last night. I knew it was the Vikings. Everyone who knows the Purple People leaders knows that's the quote. Um, so we knew it was going to happen. But the money, he did get more money. He got over about $14 million a year. So that that was kind of the, the thing. He was pushing for that pretty close to Chandler Jones. But $3 million more a year for Chandler Jones and Darius Smith was interesting. So they weren't in on the Niners, once again, aren't in on a high-priced free agent edge rusher. Nope. Which makes me wonder, when is it that they would be high or in on a Tyron Matthew or Stephon Gilmore? Or are they ever going to be in on it, um, those kind of players? They might not. Just, they just might not be in on them. I know that's what I'm thinking. That's yeah, the reality. The reality is they might not be in on these guys. And so if you're not in on these guys, you're looking at other options and other things. Um, you know, we're looking at the guy from Jacksonville that we had talked about in our in our uh, free agency episode and on the safety room. That's what you're. Those are the options that you're looking at. You're looking for guys who have started in this league who aren't going to cost you a whole heck of a lot of money um, and don't hamstring you. Now, if one of those guys gets to a point where they come to San Francisco and are like, look, these other teams don't want to pay me what I'm worth, and this is ridiculous, and I think you guys have a chance to win a Super Bowl, and I'm willing to come in on a stupid cheap contract and for one year to not you know, prevent you from building the roster that you want to build, that I can prove that, number one, not only do I still got it, but I'm one of the best in the league at it, uh, and really stick it to everybody and come out of this thing with a Super Bowl ring, I think that's what the Niners are potentially looking at is someone to come in and, and take significant not a little bit less significantly less but is that going to happen 
Not with that. I don't believe that will happen with a Tyron Matthew or a Stephon Gilmore. No, and I didn't expect to see so many big names still available. Uh, I, I seen some of the ties. Did you see any of the ties over overnight about uh, Melvin Gordon and the 49ers? I, I, but, I see. I, I saw that, and I was just like, apparently, he follows the 49ers on social media. So um, there's there's been that time. I I knew that the Anthony Lynn thing was going to spark some of that conversation. Maybe, but Anthony Anthony Lemon hit Anthony Lynn and Melvin Gordon. The relationship in in San Diego, Los Angeles was not. I'm aware of that, but it was it did not finish. It's, it did not end well. It's mainly about money. I mean, when it comes down to it, you know, the head coach wants the player on the field, and the player wants to get the most money. Uh, that that happens. These guys get past stuff all the time. You know, how many times have you seen a player say, "I'll never play for so and so," and they end up on that team pretty soon? It's true. Um, I don't know if there's anything to that, but I think that there's there's still moves the us need to make in free agency. So I'm kind of waiting for the the next move because they don't have that much money. I think they have like around two million dollars in free cap space. So what are they going to do? You know, what which player are they going to bring? Because I I fully expect them to bring in a running back at some. Point. Uh, Alex, I think that would make a lot of sense if they bring in a running back. There's got to be somebody, right? You would think that there's somebody. Unless are they going to go all draft? I mean, they're going to oh, roll with a completely young. Well, they they could do that, and there are plenty of names that I really like in this draft, including a couple guys and having going, going gone back and watched film to expand that running back roster since the the combine. You know, you you expand your things. Yeah. And I'm absolutely in love with somebody now, which I'll talk to you about later in the cutback crew. You'll find out about when we get to the time when we get. Does he know about it? No, he doesn't know. You know, <laughs> I gotta keep you, that. you gotta keep it quiet right yeah, now. You can't let the draft crush know. No, what's going no, on. no, yeah, no. Yeah. He can't. He can't know. No, I'm not like Gary. As soon as I find him, I let I let everybody know. Connor Gary, Hayward. What if Gary's guy ends up being Mr. Irrelevant for the 49ers? Connor Hayward could. It could happen. Yeah. It, literally, what do the Niners love? They love guys who can fill a lot of roles. What does Connor Hayward do? Potentially let you fill a lot of roles. There you go. A lot of holes. So Gary, Mr. Irrelevant could be Connor Hayward, and you could be the happiest man alive. Yeah. Um. But look, I think that the other thing we need to we need to be thinking about as well with this and K1 is an K1 is an interesting one cuz I saw um right now Marcio uh woo, Mauricio Ariano said thoughts on Williams I'm a I'm a Bronco fan number one you got yourself uh, a nice guy a, a nice guy in the slot who can do a lot of different things um great against the run solid solid in, in terms of pass coverage um there are times he's going to get beat by team's best wide receivers when they put him on when they put him on him in space but if you have a talented team around you which the Denver Broncos do have um that can minimize some of the the damage that K1 sometimes lets happen. But the the good thing is about K1 Williams is that he is pretty solid in coverage. He is all over guys. He's very good at playing the ball in space, especially on outbreaking routes. Um, and Ant, he's incredible as a blitzer. Um, he just does a lot of things. He allows your defense to be built and attack yeah. attack teams' offenses in a variety of different ways. I think the best way to say it is at this point in his career. He's very good in zone coverage, and he struggles if he gets stuck in a one-on-one situation. There you go. If you're going to run a deep fade against him, he's going to struggle in that situation. So you got to, if you're in the zone, um, that's going to help. The fact that the, the Denver Broncos are going to have an excellent pass rush is going to take a lot of pressure and alleviate some of the pressure that he's going to feel. So he'll be very good in that sort of system playing for Denver. But yeah, he, he's a he's a very smart player, very intuitive, and he always you know tries to make the right play. And you won't get penalized very often from him. He doesn't have that happen very often. So, yeah, Denver Broncos are getting a very good football player. Uh, they paid for such. And now they're going to you know, reap the rewards of having the Shark hang out in, in, in Denver and make some plays for them. Because you're right. As far as uh, blitzers, he's one of the best to do it off the uh, off the edge from the, the nickel corner spot in the league, in my Ag- opinion. Agreed with you on that, Ant. Agreed with you on that. David Williams, Jimmy G is like a mosquito. Cannot get rid of him. Please no running backs early. We can get them late, says Ben V. Yeah, good and, question. Is your guy going to be early or late? Uh, late. 
Okay, yeah, Mike. The guys mid, that I, mid to late. Mid the to guy, late. the guys that I like are also late round picks. I, I the only what one, is the earliest one? Uh, I think James Cook is the, the earliest one for me. Round three. I think round okay. threes. Uh, the, maybe the pick ninety three or even the compensatory pick one hundred five. That's have, exactly where I would go with him at the one hundred five. I have one guy at the compensatory spot at one hundred five. The Niners could target if if he got there. Um, I'm I'm in the same boat. Um, uh, but my the the guy that my draft crush is going to be about mid fourth mid fourth fifth round is where I've been seeing him right wow. now. Wow, yeah, I got some guys that could go fifth sixth seventh round. Well, I got some guys that go fifth sixth. Seventh, I actually got I a guy that as much as I got mid fourth. I actually got a guy that uh getting mocked to be undrafted. So oh, uh, I think I know who you're, I think I know who you're. We'll see. I think I think I do. We'll we'll see. We'll we'll have to talk you, about you know that how later. it is when it comes to running backs. I like to find the running backs. You do love. I mean, if there's one thing that you love more than anything else, it's finding the running. Backs. I do. I I really enjoy breaking as down someone, running backs film. As someone who was a you know a running a coach who prioritized the run game, man, I'm stunned. Yeah, I'm stunned by this. Yeah, I love absolutely. It. stunned. In, in a shocking turn of events, I love breaking down wide receiver film. It's probably part of the reason I really enjoy Mike McDaniel. It's true. I, I love his quirkiness, but I also love the way that he comes up with the run concept. God, that man comes up with the run concept. He really does. He's he, fantastic. He, I, he, I'm looking forward to see what he does with Miami. Um, even though, gosh darn it, why why couldn't you just stay, man? Just, just, just stay forever. Just, just, just do it. I mean, first you got uh, what Venable leaving Clemson, you know, and taking yeah. that LSU job. Come what the on, heck? what are you doing, man? I don't know what he's doing. We're, we're gonna keep these things together. You're trying to keep them together, yeah. man. Uh, Donald Johnson said, "Did Lynch mess up the whole Jimmy G trade?" Maybe I don't, don't know. I don't know. I honestly don't. It, I mean, it feels like the Niners like they're 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 good with this. There doesn't seem to be a panic move. There doesn't seem to be a, a an immediate restructuring of contracts. It almost feels like they, well, I mean, they they said, right, that they budgeted for Jimmy Garoppolo. We all thought that that meant, you know, to March 16th, not, not possibly draft or, right. or training camp. But maybe this is what they meant all along, right? Like, the Niners don't leak, and we've said this, like Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch don't typically come out to the media and lie. You know, they, they, they're just honest about the things they need to be honest about. They, they say what they need to say, and they keep what they need to keep to themselves. He came out and said, you know, we're budgeted for Jimmy Garoppolo. Uh, you know, basically no rush. You know, we, we've we've got this thing handled. It seems like this was always sort of the plan. We're going to set the number at what we think Jimmy's worth. We, this is what we believe we should get. And you're either giving it to us or you're not. Yeah, I think circumstances complicated things. You know what I mean? I do. I think the surgery... Uh, the fact that the shoulder surgery, you know, needed to happen. Are you one of those guys who believes, Ant, that this was done intentionally by Jimmy's team? No, I don't think so. Okay. I think that they really thought that they were going to wait a month and that hopefully he wasn't going to need surgery at all. That's how uh, rehab typically works. Well, yeah. And I mean, as somebody who had shoulder injuries, both shoulders, in fact, doctors told me at many times, if you can avoid surgery, avoid surgery. So we're going to do this and this to help work it out. I don't think it was done intentionally, but I do think it did, you know, wreck their possibility of getting what they wanted offered. So when they didn't get it offered, they did have a value on Jimmy Garoppolo and they weren't willing to take a cheaper deal to move off him. They felt he still had enough value to their team to keep on the roster. And so I, I don't see an end in the Jimmy Garoppolo thing in sight. Like no. I don't think anything happens before we get closer to the training camp, a possibility of an injury, you know, maybe that could happen, but until he's cleared by doctors, I really don't see an end to this. So I'm I, to be honest with you, I'm almost like kind of done talking about it. Where it's like, like I'm not, I'm not against like answering questions and stuff. But as far as like where his movement is going to be, I don't think he's going to move. So I'm just sitting here like, can we talk about the draft and other free agents and maybe restructures and extensions? Because it feels like that's just where we're at. You're not wrong. 
you're not you're not wrong right it's just not yeah it's not happening right and it's now. been polarizing it's been polarizing this entire offseason i mean jimmy garoppolo talk is um and it's one of those things where i think you know with the injury it's almost like let's just put him on the back burner uh the jimmy thing will be back with a vengeance at some point but right now i mean let's move forward with trey lance let's move forward with the draft and the free agency and when the jimmy thing happens it'll happen that's the only thing you can do right yeah. now as a 49er as a 49er fan and as as the fan base um and potentially even as the front office um, the Jimmy Garoppolo situation is going to unfold how it's going to unfold um he's going to get moved when the time is right he's going to get moved when the price is met or when it's most beneficial for San Francisco and apparently as of this moment in time as much as some of the fan base believes it needs to be right now it should have been 2 days ago it should have been the 16th the minute the clock struck 4 p.m. eastern time yeah. right as much as we may believe one way or the other, however we think about it as, as a fan base individuals, Kyle Shanahan, John Lynch do not think that way. It is not a priority necessarily to move Jimmy Garoppolo at this time. Yeah, and they don't care what we think either. The, I mean, they, they don't. And it's shocking to them. Uh, they, they didn't care what people thought about Mac Jones or Trey Lance. They it's don't true. care about them keeping Jimmy Garoppolo uh, in, in 2021 or this season. They do what they want to do. Uh, and so far, how am I going to argue with results and the fact that they've been to two NFC Championship games and one Super Bowl appearance? Now, they need to get over the hump, and that'll get them the full credibility they deserve. But, I mean, part of me is just like, okay, this is what you're doing. Now we got to roll with it. Let's see what kind of roster they can build with Jimmy Garoppolo's $25 million still on the books. Uh, that would be a very pricey uh, you know, backup quarterback. But, hey, if that's what they decide to do, then they're fully inclined to do so. So I'm just I'm just sitting back waiting, seeing what they do, and let, let's see what they do for the rest of free agency in the draft. But there's a lot of great players in the draft. And I've seen somebody talking about the Iowa State running back as well. Um, yeah, there's a lot of great running backs. Are you backs talking about Brees Hall? Yeah. Yeah, Brees, Brees Hall is good. He's really good. Uh, I think he's the one that's going to go the closest to the first round, though. I think that's Agreed with you that might that. be the first running back off the board in you know round two. I don't think anyone goes in round one. Do you think anyone's going to go in round one? I would say no. Yeah. But I think I – think, I think if someone could go in round one, it would be Brees. I think Brees would be the guy to go in the late first round. round. He's the one that could go. Yeah. I, w- I would have normally said Tampa Bay with the, them bringing back uh, Fournette. Fournette. Now, now it's a no. Uh, yeah, they're giving him $7 million a year. So I don't expect that now, but maybe, maybe into the first round. But I still think it's I still think it's second round for the running backs. It, it might be. It might be, Ant. Uh, Jerry Favaro, hi. How you doing, man? Yeah, what's up? How you doing, what's my up, guy? What's up, Jerry Favaro? Um, here's, a, here's a question. So the Lions have the Rams first round pick, right? I believe so. I can see the Lions doing something like that. Well, the running back? I could. Uh, even because I, of the injuries of, with DeAndre Swift yeah. and what's been happening. Um, Jamal Williams getting up there in age? Maybe. It might. Yeah, I think, I think they'd be possible. They have so many draft picks in this draft. They, they need have, a running back. They need to add impact players to their team, and I don't think they're going to go running back to do that. Even uh, though they are about the running back position, I still think O-line... D-line is how they're going to build their roster there. I think that's the smart thing to do. If I was them, I would go edge rusher, but yeah, we'll see. Put edge rusher out there with our, with our boy on the interior. Yeah. Good. Get himself a nice little rookie campaign. Yeah. Do you think the 49ers are going to go interior defensive line in this draft? No, I know me either. No, but here's the thing is the more I'm looking at it too. There are some guys that I do like. That will be available at those spots that I'm sitting there going, I don't hate that. I haven't seen anyone that's Ali McNeil, it. like we like to Lee McNeil so much. No, I haven't seen anyone no, there No yet. one's our boy Ali McNeil, Ant. But in a shocking turn of events, that's why Ali McNeil was someone we were extremely significantly a- high a- on. H2O Matters says, such a good news for the 49ers. K1 Williams has been dragging down the Niners along with Witherspoon. 
Well, I mean, well, hey, look, if, if your H2O matters right now, Ant, uh, Niners moved off of Akilo, uh, and now you've moved off of K1, you know, it seems like the, this, for H2O matters, I would just wonder then, how is he feeling about the secondary now? Because you got to be feeling great. You know, moved off of Akilo a few years ago, now you move off of K1. Um, you know, how confident are you in Demo and, and Ombre Thomas is what I would like to know, because I think that's, I think that's for me, that's the biggest thing is how is your depth behind, you know, as, as of right now, what is... Charvarius Ward and Emmanuel Mosley. I think we just have to wait to see what, how they address the nickel corner position. I, I don't worry about the outside right now. I think we've got three guys because I put Omri Thomas in that group with Charvarius Ward and uh, with Emmanuel Mosley. So I feel confident about the outside corner position. And I believe we have a little bit of depth. We need more depth, of course. We need to sign somebody else or draft you know, a player, which I believe they'll address it a little bit. Uh, but who's going to play that nickel corner spot? I'm not sold on Diameter Lenore. So, yeah, moving off K1 Williams seems to be the right move. You're not going to give him that much money. Apparently declining skills from what we have saw in 2017, 2018, 2019. So that doesn't surprise me. But how they feel it is what I'm, I'm interested in. And if it could be a net gain. It could be a net positive once they finally make this move. Uh, and once that happens, I think uh, then, I'll, then I'll be able to address, you know, if this was a good move or not. Uh, true. And AX Jones, welcome to the Cutback. Yeah, welcome, guy. Mr. Jones. Thank you for the subscription. We appreciate it. And, uh, Enjoy. Enjoy your time over here on the 49ers cutback, Ant. Uh, I feel like we roll with the hot hand at running back, always rotating. We don't have a true one, says Rich Hidalgo. Um, Kyle Shanahan does like doing stuff like that. Uh, the problem is, is as of right now, that I think the hot hand is just Elijah Mitchell. Well, I think that you normally roll with a guy, but last year it was apparent that for most of the season, Elijah Mitchell, when he was healthy, was the guy. Uh, Debo Samuel was the change of pace that came in and you know did the things that he needed to do. I don't think anyone thinks Debo Samuel can do that consistently for 17 games. So it's going to be even more sparing. It's going to be just when it's asked of him against certain certain teams and certain personnel groupings, they need somebody to bridge the gap. If they bring back Jeff Wilson Jr., that could answer a little bit of the questions about the running back room. It would basically be very similar to last year, just minus you know an injured Raheem Mostert. Um, that would probably solve the running back issues. However, you probably need to address it in the draft. You need to get another young guy or you need to bring somebody in free agency. Corey Lindsay. Um, we also got uh, Marlon Mack still available. True. So those are guys that I'm still watching. They're obviously on the bargain basement, uh, but could add a lot to this running back room. And I think Kyle Shanahan would love to go into training camp with a competition at the running back spot. He did last year with Wayne Gallman coming in, and it seemed to really help elevate some of the running backs to another level. It really did, Ant. Um, it, it truly did. And uh, look, I, I think that this is all things that are realities as well as Rich, as Rich just said, Trey Sermon, you know, will he step up? Um, I, I think the Niners would love him to step up. I think uh, Trey Sermon would love to step up. Uh, the question will just be is how, how far has he come and how much work does he have to do? Because, you know, him not being active and, and you know, available during the playoff run and the Niners choosing not to put him onto the active roster and make him a part of that group would signify that they felt they were better off without him and that he wasn't quite there yet where they wanted him to be, which would signal that he has a lot of room to go. However, the Niners not making necessarily moves right now at the running back position may make some feel like, well, maybe Trey's, you know, showing some things. Maybe Sherman's stepping up in some ways and makes the, you know, the 49ers organization feel positive about the growth that he's put in. Uh, I think the reality is, is that the Niners aren't going to spend a lot at the running back position and they know they can wait till wave three of free agency to go out and get the guys that they want to get. Oh, that's what they should do. And and I saw that Insharp said um, he ran the rookie into the ground last season, even with a knee injury, could have used Wilson more. 
I don't think Wilson was right either. I think there were times where Wilson was healthy and you see that, you know, production from him. And then I think at some point he just wasn't right. So he had to lean on Elijah Mitchell. So yeah, there were a couple of games where he was active for special teams and that was it. Yeah. And I think that that's, that's part of the concerns you have now with Jeff Wilson. Is he going to be a hundred percent going into the season? I think Elijah Mitchell carried the football more than they would like, Uh, but I think that also goes to show the difference. Go ahead. Welcome Norman Harris to the TCC. Welcome Norman Harris. Uh, I think that does go to show like the complete gap uh, between Elijah Mitchell and Trey Sermon though, Uh, where Elijah Mitchell, you know, they were willing to run him into the ground per se, according, you know, like what uh, Ian was saying, um, compared to letting Trey Sermon get some carries or even to Michael Hasty. One thing about Hasty, he can't consistently run in the interior. He is a third down back who catches the ball primarily out of the backfield and then will run to the outside zone or the toss sweep. But he's not a guy that's going to make a living on the inside. So uh, they do need to add another running back. If it's Jeff Wilson Jr., you're hoping he's healthy and he's able to add what he can. If it's somebody else, you're hoping that it's, in my opinion, someone more explosive or somebody that can carry some of the load. So Elijah Mitchell isn't carrying the ball 20 times, but more like 15 to 18 times a game. I like the 15-18 number, especially, and if we can get 18 for him, 6 to six to 8 for Debo Samuel. Um, and then you have another guy who can come in and carry the Rock 10 to 12. We're looking at 30, 40 carries a game right there between three guys, and you feel really good about those situations in those numbers. The question is, is who's that guy? Is it Marlon Mack? Is it a guy like Philip Lindsay that you're going after? Um, you know, is it just a draft pick? Is it a guy that you draft that you feel can you can do the same sort of things uh, with this guy coming out of the draft both. that you did with Elijah Mitchell? I think I think you're right on the both category. Yeah. I really do think that you're right on the both category. I saw Todd Winthrow also ask, guys still think we need another receiver. I think they do. I think they definitely need to add different dynamics to the room. Um, you know, Ray Ray McLeod seems to feel that this is an offense built for playmakers and that he's a playmaker and and that he has the speed to thrive in this offense. Um you know what? I, I'm I'm not going to put it past him. Kyle Shanahan's done stuff with the with the likes of Taylor Gabriel, who was nothing once Kyle Shanahan left Atlanta. But um, 39 catches isn't really that bad no. for a fourth receiver. No, it's phenomenal for yeah. a, a fourth receiver. And if they're explosive plays, that's all that matters. And he has the speed to be explosive. And he talked about Ant. Um, he's really good at getting his playmakers opportunities and open to make big plays in space. Something that he feels he can do really well. So and he also joked about not coming to San Francisco because of the taxes in his press yeah. conference. So this is a guy who is literally betting on himself coming to San Francisco, believes this is a place where this is a coach who understands what he is, what he can do, and what he can add to a system, and that this guy gives him the best option to have it not only an impact on the team, but make big plays that potentially and he can also use San Francisco to launch pad himself. Into yeah. the stratosphere in the next couple of years. Yeah, he has running back vision. He's really good friends with Debo Samuel, shockingly. There you go. Uh, but he has running back vision. He rushed for over 5,000 yards in high school. So he's one of those guys that can do things with the ball in his hand. So you can expect all the fly sweeps, all the reverses and things out of the backfield, and also for him to be dynamic in the screen game. He's going to take some of the pressure off Debo Samuel in those sort of categories. But I like how they're building the wide receiver room so far. So, I mean, if we're going through our checklist, Alex, what do they need now? They need a speed receiver that can take the top off the defense. If they get said player, I think we have a very nice five-man group. They could always add a six guy as well, but I'd be very excited about this you know, wide receiver room going into the season. I think it would be vastly improved from last year. Uh, definitely would be the case, Ant, and, and I'm seeing a couple people commenting some different things here. Uh, who do you guys think the Niners should get at for right tackles at H2O matters? Um, I don't know if they're going to address the tackle spot per se. I think you have McGlinchey. I think they feel Jalen Moore or 
I think I would imagine Jalen Moore, they maybe believe that he can develop enough. I think they're going to try and find themselves a guy in the draft specifically that potentially could play between both guard, tackle, and center, possibly. I think that's the, the route here. I think that's the most likely route. I saw some people talk about Will Hernandez available and, and you know, a couple other guys that played for the Jets and scheme fit yeah. players. I I just I the fact that they didn't go bring back Tom Compton kind of signals to me that maybe the Niners are looking to get another young piece in that room. I don't think uh, Will Hernandez fits the system. I, I, I don't think he's a, a really good scheme fit, so to me that doesn't make sense. I think Daniel Brunskill is going to be the starting right guard uh, unless Jalen Moore can beat him out. And I think Mike McGlinchey is going to be right tackle at $10.8 million. That's what they're looking to do right now. He's injured, so right now, I mean, I don't think they're going to cut him. But I think they're hoping he, he can be back and play, you know, this last year of his contract with the San Francisco 49ers. But I think they are preparing for Jalen Moore to take over next year. I do think that's something they're working on, and potentially that could happen. So they've spent a lot of, you know, draft capital over the years on offensive linemen, especially tackles that could be flexible and play on the inside. I think that continues. You're right. I think they're going to bring in another another lineman, at least one, um, maybe even draft a, a center. Uh, but we haven't seen that from them. They normally go the veteran route at the center position, so that Definitely. might be something they continue to do. But I think Daniel Brunskill has a potential to start at one of these guard spots. The best situation for the 49ers, however, is if Daniel Brunskill is your sixth offensive lineman. It's the best With his versatility, he can play anywhere as the backup. Uh, and I think you're feeling he's pretty the swing everything. Yeah, basically he's a swing everything, which is which is good for them because then they can keep the mo- the best um, nine man rotation that they need for that offensive line. Not wrong there, Ant and Richard Algo said tight end is another position I think needs to be addressed or will be happy with that what we got. Rich, no, not happy with what we I got. Don't, I don't hate it. Yeah, but I'm not sitting here going tight end room. There, there's too many oh, questions about Jordan Matthews. You know, I mean, right now Jordan Matthews is the third tight end. We know his receiving ability. I mean, he's a guy that was drafted, you know, pretty high. And he, you know, even with the 49ers, I mean, he was a, wasn't was a bang-up receiver, but he put on the extra weight. How is his body adjusting to that weight? But he was having to learn how to block and how to line up in line and make all the blocks he needed to make going against big defensive ends and uh, linebackers. So that's something that we're going to have to watch in development. But I think right now we would love for Charlie Warner to be the third tight end. Right now he's definitely nestled as number two. They need to, yeah, they need to. They probably need to adjust it or address this room. Uh, could it be in free agency? Maybe it would definitely be a cheap option. Thought Austin Hooper was the guy. Six million dollars, too pricey. Can't do that. So it's definitely going to be a very cheap option, and it could just be the draft. Uh, very well, could just be the draft. Uh, there, my guy, uh, Mr. Corey said, and Aaron Banks fits the scheme. Not, I mean, when he came in, no, not really. No. And Ant and I said this on draft night. Yeah, it was like a wait. We we did what now? Yeah, we, we we got Aaron Banks. Why? I think when you're re- when we were reading the tea leaves, and this is what everyone that talked to us after the draft told us, is that they were going to more of an inside run game. Trey Sermon draft pick, uh, Aaron Banks draft pick signaled inside you know run game was was going to come, and that was how the Rams had adjusted, and the 49ers were going to adjust similarly. However, that that was not the case. Aaron Banks, they have asked um, to lose weight. They asked him to lose close to 15 pounds to go from 335 to 320. And that was the real problem, his lateral quickness. So he hadn't fit. They think he can develop and fit. That's the same with Trey Sermon. He's not a fit for the 49ers' run system and their run game, but they're hoping he can develop into that. And if he can, uh, then it's a it's a, it's a a really big pickup. If he can't, then it was a wasted pick. So I think that they're hoping those two guys develop. But no, they weren't initially scheme fits, just like Hernandez isn't. No, and, and look, Nick Lane just said Ross Dwelly is damn good, just underutilized. Um, I, I disagree with you here, Nick. Um, not because I don't like Ross Dwelly as a, as a person or his work ethic as a player. Um, he got passed 
by Charlie Warner. He got passed this year. He get, he got surpassed. He hasn't developed as a better route runner and receiving threat. He has regressed as a blocking option for the San Francisco 49ers. And while Charlie Warner is by no means a, a receiving threat on the football field when teams are looking at Charlie Warner, Charlie Warner is a significantly better blocking option. And it feels like right now what the Niners need with a second tight end is someone who can block very well and be a better receiving option than Ross Dwelly. Charlie Warner doesn't feel like he's that, but Ross Dwelly also hasn't shown you that he can be any more than what he's already been. Uh, the 49ers also went to a little bit of a change of philosophy. Accurate. Where they felt like big Jawan Jennings blocking a nickel corner or a linebacker was a better situation than bringing in a second tight end to go against a bigger you know, box. Uh, him blocking linebackers and defensive ends. So uh, it was a little bit of a change of philosophy, which made it so Ross Dwelly wasn't on the field as much. Dwelly in 2019 looked like he was going to be, you know, a very solid option behind George Kittle. And it seemed like the blocking took a step back in 2020. And then 2021, we just really didn't see him a whole lot. And I figured that is a lot of the the change in, in how they were approaching the game. But also, like you said, Charlie Warner seems to have supplanted him as, as tight end too. So there's just not going to be as many options for a third tight end. And normally in Kyle Shanahan's system, the third tight end is the blocking option, the blocking tight end, uh, like Ivy Toilolo or one of those guys. So I think that the the, the 49ers are, are maybe going to move off of him. We know he's a free agent. But what his number will be and if they plan on bringing him back is still unknown. But right now he hasn't got very much you know, run on the, the open market. No, and he has not gotten uh, any, any in the open market. And look, at the end of the day, too, the thing you cannot forget here, Mr. Corey had said it a little bit ago, uh, was that, you know, Aaron Banks didn't make a whole lot of sense because of the fact, Ant, that you had a situation where you brought in uh, you brought in a guy in Banks and he doesn't fit the system. And why would you do something like that? Why wouldn't you just go get someone who fits that mold already? Well, here's the thing, right? I, I think at the end of the day, we had both talked about and said the Niners were going after a different guy. They were going after a guy like Walker Little who may have fit the system a little bit better. They were going after a handful of different guys at that spot, Ant, and unfortunately for the San Francisco 49ers, you had teams who went up and you know were just in front of them that got those guys and got the guys like Paulson Adebo and Walker Little that you were targeting and, and wanted to go after. And so you were kind of caught between a rock and a hard place. And it's like, all right, well, the guy we want is no longer here. Uh, who's the next best option? And they just took what they could get. Yeah, I mean, it was a little bit of a different uh, change of pace thing than they normally do. It was off-brand. They don't normally draft guys that are just guards, and Aaron Banks was that. Uh, like I said, there was one person out of everyone that we talked to before the draft last year that told us Aaron Banks was possibly the draft pick in the second round. Um, that was very surprising. And then, you know, they, they did miss out on Walker Little. And then John Lynch, you know, straight up said that they were targeting Paulson Adebo and New Orleans came up and got him. So, yeah, I mean, sometimes draft thing does, draft picks don't work out the way you want. And then you have to kind of you know, move in a different direction. And I think Banks was a different direction. So maybe at that point, they felt that Banks could eventually develop into the player that they wanted. And maybe they decided it wasn't someone maybe that they were going to go with this year, but somebody that could develop next year. Well, this is next year now. Um, let's see if Banks can be that guy. And, you know, I, I think that this is one of those things we're just going to have to wait and see how his development was. But the fact that he went from being left off you know, the, the game, the game day roster to being on it for the end of the season means he was showing development at practice and they felt they could count on him if they had to. Mm -hmm. And a couple of different players saying that. Yeah. John Lynch mentioned yeah. that as well in the middle of the season. So he definitely earned himself there. JLE asked if a David Ajabu falls down the board do the Niners make a move to select that talented kid. Um, I think they could, but I think the reality, I mean, not the reality, but the likelihood of him being selected at 61 
is is low. I think you'd have to do it closer to that third round, maybe compensatory pick and or would you would you draft him in the third round with the non-compensatory pick with just your standard third round pick? Maybe. I mean, it, it, pick 93 is not that far off, you know. I mean, that's 12 pick difference. I you could definitely make a move if you want. I mean, 93 to me is a spot you could start thinking about. Mm, possibly possibly could be the case um we'll see i i would love to i would love david ajabu to fall not because you know he deserves to fall because of the injury but because him falling is a positive for the san francisco 49ers and being able to improve your room without having to take a, a huge risk drafting him earlier um the i just feel bad for the kid in all honesty it's just a terrible situation for him overall in general yeah it is because i mean he just lost a lot of money oh yeah, yeah. you know i mean he lost a lot he was of probably money. what a top 15 pick he was a definitely top 15 pick and um, to be honest with you, he was my favorite pass rusher in the entire draft. Yes, he was. And so I think this is one of those things that's going to hurt. It does open the opportunity for the 49ers to get him. And if you are looking at a player that, you know, could potentially fill, you know, the D Ford role, uh, fill in maybe if you are moving off Samson Ebicom in the future, this would be a guy that you could do it. So uh, you would not, of course, have his, you know, skills uh, in your in your defense for this season more than likely. But in 2023, you would basically be getting a top 15 level talent uh, on your team opposite of Nick Bosa. So that's something you have to consider as a front office. I know it's very Trent Baalke-ish, uh, but sometimes you have to make those those moves and, and hope they work out. Just don't do it consistently. No, don't do it consistently and don't do it earlier than other teams would potentially do it. Right. If you're around the league talking and it's feeling like third round, don't go pick him at 61. Like, don't don't do it then. Yeah. Uh, look, I, I think too, and uh, oh, I just, just saw Steven, Steven Mandler. Geez, another good player gone. Uh, yes, K1 Williams heading to Denver, two years, seven million. Um, you know, good, good for K1, good, good to get paid, and good for the Shark to get that money and to be able to go play for a team that's going to contend and compete. That's a wonderful situation for him. And the 49ers are still just, we're just sitting here, Ant. We're just taking our time. Uh, I think uh, next week is going to be our big, exciting week for free agents, possibly in wave three. Maybe. Uh, I, I don't think anything big is coming. I think it's going to be sporadic. Well, I, just, I just meant like in terms of them actually signing guys. Maybe. It's going to be a trickle effect. You know, I mean, I, I just, there is, because they still don't have enough money to go out there and really make moves. So they're going to have to restructure, extend if they're going to sign other players. We know that is inevitably going to happen because they have to fill up this roster. They're going to be able to have to sign their draft class. So, I mean, there are moves that are going to be made. Just they're not, you know, they're not stressing about making those right now. They haven't felt a push to do so. At some point, they will. Um, and then they'll they'll make it, and then everything will be more clear. But right now, it's not. I mean, so I don't, I'm not sitting here expecting a flurry of moves from the 49ers. I mean, you know, this is just, this is no. just not how they roll. No, there's going to be a couple of mid range guys that are still left to be signed, Ant, and uh, figure that out when the, when the time comes. <laughs> we are going to figure that out when the time comes. And Brad Jones, uh, you you might not be wrong. We all know that Balky is going to take David Ajabu number one overall. Possible. It is possible. You never say never with Trent Balky. You just don't know what that man's going to do. Yeah. He may he may trade back, right? He may trade back like 10 spots and get a couple first-round picks and then go, we're taking him at 10, boys. Yeah, he's going to open his envelope that says A.J. Jenkins no matter what. <laughs> you heard that he honestly did that, right? He put A.J. Jenkins' name in an envelope and put it in his pocket. That is completely true. Because that before, before after the movie draft day, before the movie draft day even came out, Trent Bulky did that with AJ Jenkins. Yeah. Why? Why? I think a lot of people are wondering why, but you know. Oh. That's oh, bulky for you. My goodness, it is bulky. 
Uh, and we're going to wrap this thing up. So you guys take, we'll take a couple more questions. Uh, while we're waiting for those questions to pile in from you cutback crew, hit that like button. We're sitting at 32. Let's try to get to Alex Mac likes. 50. 50 whole likes. Get that number up to 50 right now. We're 18 away. Hit that like button right now. And leave your, your questions right now in the chat. We'll take about five more. And we're going to wrap up and wait to see if there's any more news, any more players from San Francisco on the way out. Uh, you know, in a in a crazy world, Ant, where somebody decides that Jimmy Garoppolo is worth giving up all the draft capital Niners want right now at this moment, maybe breaking that news as well. But I, I would say doubtful. So yeah. Doubtful at this point. We're, we're definitely going to be holding on here. I saw Mr. Corey said a little bit ago, and they didn't trade up a week before the draft. They traded up on draft day during the second round. That was dumb if Walker Little was already gone. That's been from Lynch. Um, you don't draft, you don't trade up earlier in drafts to go get guys that you want, like before the you you do that on draft day or typically the start of the draft. Yeah, and what happened was the 49ers traded back. I, I don't know if everyone remembers that. They traded back and they were sitting there. And after that trade back, they thought they were still going to be able to get the player that they targeted. However, they weren't. The, the Walker Little went uh, several, uh, just a couple picks, I believe, before them. It was like the, it was like two. I yeah, believe. to the Jacksonville Jaguars. Then they they went ahead and went Aaron Banks, thinking that they were going to be able to trade back up, you know, out of their their third round spot, you know, compensatory pick up to get Paulson and Debo. And they did trade up. Well, they ended up trading up after though. Yeah. He gets picked, and then they trade up, and they end up taking Trey Sermon, and they kind of moved their plan completely up. So that was that was a kind of a big difference between the, what happened and. And what they wanted to do. True. Uh, very true, Ant. No idea, Donald, but Lynch wants a Super Bowl before he moves on, says Ian Sharp. Um, I, he does want a I'm Super Bowl wrong, before, yeah. before he moves on. I, I, I get that. I, I get that a lot. Uh, Ian Sharp, if Lynch was fired, who do you want to replace him? So Donald had asked that a little bit earlier to a couple members of the cutback crew. And if Lynch was fired, I think the only logical replacement would be Adam Peters at this point. I mean, it's the most logical. I mean, I don't think it's it's the the last possible name. We don't know his relationship with Kyle Shanahan. True, but Kyle Shanahan would have the ultimate say on John Lynch being fired or not. Jed York is not going to walk in and fire John Lynch. It's going to be Kyle Shanahan. These these guys have had a. Yeah, I know York ends up making the move, but Kyle Shanahan is the one that brought Lynch with him. So I don't think that this is a thing. I think these two are a tandem. They're they don't make any moves that they don't agree on together. So I really don't think that John Lynch is going anywhere while Kyle Shanahan is there until John Lynch is ready to move on. And I don't think that a fireable offense is not moving off Jimmy Garoppolo uh, because when it comes down to it, they've made two NFC championship games in the last three years. That doesn't scream to an owner, we haven't done enough to be competitive in the NFL. That's not usually a fireable offense for a general manager in the NFL. I think a lot of teams would be very excited to have John Lynch come and rebuild their roster after seeing where the depths of all living heck it was in 2017 to what it is now. And we're talking about well, competing year in and year out for possibly winning NFC championships and Super Bowls. Here's a hot take for you, Ant, from Mr. Corey. Okay. For all of the bulky hate, he drafted equal to or better than Lynch slash Shanahan and did better in free agency than them. Here, here's the thing. As far as talent, yes. Here's the problem with Trent Balky. He did not get the players that fit Jim Harbaugh's system. The 49ers right now, Kyle Shannon and, and John Lynch, go out and draft players that fit their system. So in that regard, and the one thing Trent Baalke never did was get a franchise quarterback. He never drafted a franchise quarterback. True. If John and Kyle hit on Trey Lance and he is the franchise quarterback for the future, then no matter what you do, that's different. But I mean, there are, I mean, there are parallels. There, there are parallels, I mean, but there's parallels. A lot of organizations miss. This is what is crazy to me is for 49ers fans to say that the Niners miss on all of these guys. 
Have you seen the the perennial? There are perennial bad teams in this league. Yeah. That don't get any better. That have top flight first round pick True. every single year and don't ever improve. The Niners have missed on guys, but they've hit in a lot of other places that a lot of these other teams just don't do. They don't do that. They don't hit in the second round. They don't hit in the third. They don't hit in the fourth. Fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh round picks for a lot of other organizations and franchise picks. It, it's you'll be lucky. You'll be lucky if if any of those guys are on your roster yeah. in two years. 49ers, it seems like you got five or six that are still around five years from now, and some of them are going off and getting paid 10, 15, 20 million dollars a year. Yeah. I mean, I, I think uh one thing that signals that you know, you're you're making good picks is when your your players that you acquired go out and get big contracts. I know they didn't draft Lincoln Thompson, but they traded for him. True. And he goes out and gets a huge contract as one of the best guards in the league. You draft a DJ Jones in the sixth round, he turns around and gets a big deal. You know, I think these are things that you look at where they acquired a player that maybe wasn't higher on anyone's radar, and then they turn into some big money player. When players are leaving like that, when coaches are leaving your organization, you're doing something right. I don't think everything Trent Bulky did was bad. Um, but I do think that he could have built the roster better for Jim Harbaugh in the offensive category in particular. I felt he did a pretty good job on defense because they hit on big-time players like Alden Smith. True. Um, they hit on big-time players, uh, you know, like Navarro Bowman as well. So I, I just think it's all right. I don't even know if Balky is the one that hit on Bowman. I know he didn't hit on Patrick did. Willis, but I, I don't know if he hit on Bowman. Yeah, I think it was actually his predecessor that hit on him. But they did get some good players. They did get some good players, and uh, Bomber T. I don't. I don't think you keep Kyle and Fire Lynch. They seem to be a, a pair. Kyle wanted John here. He's the one who brought I, him in. I just don't know what John Lynch has done to deserve being fired. Uh, he he did, look, he, did look, he did he not orchestrate the Trent Williams trade? Well, and look at all the moves that they made. The little subtle things they did last year, uh, working the cap and bringing in players to be able to get through the season and then ultimately get to the NFC Championship game. I I don't think that these are fireable offenses. I think. People are just upset that Jimmy Garoppolo hasn't been moved. But to me, that's not a fireable offense. That's just an opinion. And we don't even know how this thing's going to play out. For all we know, the 49ers, Trey Lance ascends, and they turn this thing into a Super Bowl, and everyone's wondering what the heck we were talking about well, you, in the offseason. And you have, listen, the worst, the worst case the worst case scenario for the San Francisco 49ers, I think, this season, right, would be Trey Lance not developing the way everyone wants him to in, in offseason, OTA, training camp, whatever, which... I think is darn near impossible at this point from everything I've seen from Trey Lance in terms of his growth. But if he took no steps forward and Jimmy Garoppolo had to be your starting quarterback in 2022 because Trey is just not ready coming through training camp, right? We go there, we sit there and watch it with our own eyes. And we're yeah. like, oh God, no, 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 no. You can't trade, no. But barring that, that would be the worst case scenario, right? The next worst case scenario would be Jimmy Garoppolo still staying on the roster at, $27 million, whatever it is, no restructure, whatever, and he's your backup in in case Trey Lance gets hurt or something happens, you know, along those lines. We're going to be upset if Jimmy Garoppolo is the backup quarterback? I think it depends on what the roster looks around Trey Lance. If if the roster... If, if Jimmy's the backup and they build a, a championship caliber roster still, then you're not going to have as many questions. The problem is right now, there's holes... There are holes. And you see a solution with, you know, which to fill those holes, and you're not. So sure. if they fill those holes sure. and Jimmy Garoppolo wasn't the solution that was needed, if there's another route, I think a lot of people come around to that. Correct. Correct. The thing is, right, as of right now, there are there are still ways for them to fill those holes and come up with other solutions, but the Niners aren't taking them. 
which I think it, it signals <laughs> to the fan base. I don't, I hate saying this because I feel I don't want to I don't want to feel like I'm talking down to everybody because I'm not. I'm just trying to get into the headspace of the front office and understand why they haven't done certain things that a lot right. of people want them to do. John Lynch and and Kyle Shanahan may be sitting there going, we think the guys we currently have in place already can fill these shoes. That may be why they're not making moves and doing things and freeing up cap space and doing all this other stuff to go out and get these guys right now. They're sitting there going, whatever is left at the end, we'll find the guys that we think they can plug the hole, the plug the holes that everyone believes are there. But we think those hole pluggers are already on the roster. We think they've already developed. We think they're, we think they're ready to take the next step. And in that case, they're betting on themselves, right? So you honestly believe like Diablo Lenora is the nickel corner? No, but maybe they think Aubrey Thomas can be ready to start on the outside and Emmanuel Mosley can slide inside. So you think he's better than Emmanuel Mosley? No, I don't. Then why would you I, do that? I don't. No, I'm just saying. I'm, I'm saying the coaching staff. Might. I know what I'm saying, though, is I think that in a perfect world, you're right. They filled all their holes in the draft last year and they're ready to roll. That is not reality. There is still a hole somewhere. Agreed. If they can fill that in the draft and through, you know, bargain based and free agency players, it's going to be fine, right? They're going to, it'll, it'll look fine. The quite right now, the problem is, is whenever you see a hole, you need to find a solution. And right now there's a $25 million solution that's hanging there that people see. True. It's, now, the, e- it's the easiest. It's solution. the easiest. It doesn't mean it's the right one. Let's be co- correct there. Correct. But it is the easiest one. But we have to wait and see how the 49ers plan to attack this situation. And if they fill, I'm I'm with you. If they fill all these holes and Jimmy's still on the roster later on, you know, and they decide they need to move forward with him, it's all gonna come down to them winning football games. Because John Lynch has to go to Jed York at some point and say, look, we needed to keep a $27 million backup quarterback because that was the best value for us, but we're still putting out a challenge, a championship caliber team right. because we have a poll going on on Twitter right now. And the Would 49ers you... are, were absolutely slamming everyone as ha- being the, the favorites to win the West. The Rams are the only other ones getting votes. No one has any faith in the Cardinals. No one has any faith in the Seahawks. So you already are putting yourself in position to be in the playoffs, according to this fan base. So they're just trying to figure out how we're going to fill the holes. Now you say there's no holes. No, I didn't say there's no holes. I'm saying I, I, what I don't. Don't you put words? No, in no, my no, mouth. no. I'm saying you're saying there's no holes because they believe they already have the players to fill those holes. Correct. I, I'm saying that that is something so, that 49ers fans need to keep in their in, in the back facto, of their mind. You're saying there's no holes. I'm not saying there's no you holes. You just said there was no holes. No, I did not say <laughs> there was no holes. Nice try. You're putting words in my mouth. I'm saying that the 49ers fans have to brace themselves right. for the reality in this scenario where John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan believe. The guy, though the holes that everyone is perceiving to be holes, right. are not actually holes because we have the guys already in place, and it's not about filling holes so much as getting depth. And we don't need to spend a lot of money in order to get that depth. Yeah, I, I'm saying I don't. I am not in that boat. I am not. If Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch are in that boat, they are paddling that boat together. <laughs> I am not over there. Give me Tyron Matthew. I want. I wanted Chandler Jones. I wanted all. The, I still want Stephon Gilmore. See, I'm not even as I'm. I, I'm not even as high on them bringing in Matthew at, at an expensive True. price. I True. think if it was no. the right price, I'd be willing. I love the Honey Badger. But, like, Tart makes a lot of sense. Jason Verrett makes sense. And if those guys come back, then I think we filled, you know, needs, you know, holes in our, in our roster that we need to fill. And those guys are cheap options that could still be done. But, yeah, I mean, that, that's, the whole, that's the whole process. And I think that's why 49er fans are struggling the most. Because there was a big push. Rightfully so. There was a what? big push last year to let Jimmy Garoppolo go. It's true. Which I think the Niners made the right move because it went all the way to the NFC Championship game. Accurate. Um, but, you know, they're saying we could add $50 million right now. 
but I don't think you would have got the value that you were looking for in Jimmy Garoppolo last year. I think, so I, I don't think it's one of those things. And I think his value was on the field this last year. So we'll see. Uh, but yeah, it's an Mr. interesting conversation. Mr. Corey, no faith in Arizona. Kyle has beaten them twice in five years. Yes, but you're forgetting to one. To win the West. To yeah. win the West. But yeah. you're forgetting one thing, Mr. Corey. The Arizona Cardinals under Cliff Kingsbury have always beaten themselves in the second half of football season. <laughs> well, it's it's not just, it's. I mean, right now the 49ers, I mean, we have, we, we've got 58 votes right now, and the 49ers are 69% chance to win. The Cardinals nice. did did receive some votes. They're at 2% now. Ooh, 2%. Um, 20, 29% for the Rams, and no one thinks the Seahawks are going to win, even with the reports that Baker Mayfield wants to end up in Seattle. Interesting. Very, very interesting indeed. Look, Cutback Crew, we're going to wrap this thing up. We're going to call it a night. We appreciate all the support. We appreciate everyone tuning in. Hit that like button. Share the video with the rest of the faithful as well. Um, look, I, I think at the end of the day, the San Francisco 49ers still have moves to make and may not be anything big or crazy happening. It might be middle-of-the-road stuff, but... Yeah. They're definitely going to bring some more names in as they uh, start to get themselves closer and closer to draft season. Yeah, I think there'll be a, a, a few names that trickle in, but I think we're we're going to slowly be translating you know our content over to the draft. Of course, we'll still be available for everything that is free agency as the 49ers continue to try to find um, these low-budget guys that could fit what they need uh, and build this roster to be a championship roster. So I think this is going to be a fun, you know, Actually, the thing is like five or six weeks until we get to the draft. It's exciting. It's I'm looking forward to getting into all these players. Been doing a lot of studying. Got a lot more studying to do because I want to know the ins and outs of every single one of these players. But, yeah, this is going to be fun. And uh, I hope the Cutbacks crew is ready for when it's their time to shine and we do our fan-controlled mock draft. You better get ready. Buckle up, TCC. Start doing your prep as well and start playing around with uh, draft simulators and, and figuring out how you want to try and navigate um, polls will be coming out on the community page when we're getting close about a week out from the fan controlled mock draft to start giving you options in terms of what you want to see happen in said mock draft. That way we can kind of flow through it a little bit easier than, than last year, <laughs> which we try to do the polls live and people struggled to vote. They struggled to, to vote live in terms of how are we supposed to select these things. Now, granted the YouTube feature makes it a lot simpler this year. Last year I had to do a third party workaround. So we can still do some stuff live voting for the cutback crew, but we're going to make some simple decisions for you guys throughout the week leading up to the fan-controlled mock draft that you'll get to decide that when we come in. We already have a base idea of who we're supposed to be looking at for you. Yeah, I think it's it, we don't know who's going to get picked in front of us. Sure. Uh, so we're going to have to make those moves. There's going to be trades that come in. The, everyone's going to have to decide what they want to do. It's a lot of fun. I'm excited to see what everyone's mindset is. So uh, be looking forward to that, and draft content is coming soon. I can't wait. Cannot wait at all. And Mr. Corey, we're glad you found us as well. We're glad you're here. We're glad all the Cutback crew is here. Yep. For more breaking news, though, we'll see you on the next one. And Ant, it's about that time. Yeah, let's chalk another one up. Catch you later, TCC.